Okay, we are in Sefer Yecheskel, Perik Yud, Pasuk Aleph, Le'ere Vihine El Harakia. And so for probably what is the fourth time in the first ten prakim, we are going to again get that symbolism, that metaphor, that obscurity of the Maser Merkava, the incident of the chariot, chariot that we had in the first parak. Here, we are not only going to get pieces of it, we're going to get whole sections lifted from it again. And the question is why? The Mephoshim say it's certainly not going to be more explicable or apparent to us in chapter 10 than it was in chapter 1. And moreover, um, there is no purpose for repeating it and repeating it, except that one can notice here in Perik Yud certain subtleties and nuances in this shift of emphasis that we should really talk about. Basically, if you read, as we did, Perik Tess, the previous Perik, you will see that the anger of the Kaddish Baruch the fury, is so intense that it is very clear that not only will the Beis HaMikdash be destroyed and Yerushalayim be destroyed, but every living human being will be exterminated. That's how severe it will be. And here you suddenly see what the Mepharshim say is a gradual shift from just raw anger into a sort of rachamim. It is tempered by pity, by compassion, by mercy, as we are going to see. So we begin with, straight out of Maseh HaMerkava, Ba'arev Hinei El Harakia, there under the crevice of that high heaven is the Rakia, the moon, Asher Arosh HaKruvim, which is on top of the Kruvim, Ke'evin Sapir, like a sapphire stone, Kemare say with the likeliness there of the throne of the Kodesh Baruch Hu, Nira Alehem, is seen to them. So, this is Yechezkel describing it. So we notice, first of all, that the Kruvim, the Kruvim, we have said, have moved from their place in the um, Kodesh Kedoshim. The Shekhinah, which rested between the Kruvim, that was the Shekhinah of the Kodesh Baruch, has moved with them. We saw they moved gradually in ten stage journeys in order to give Benazer a chance to possibly repent. But they're out. And now they are up in the Shamayim. They are no longer in the Beis Hamikdash. But the two elements that have excited the interest of Mephoshim are the Evan Sapir, a sapphire stone, and now that the Kisei Hakavo, the throne of the Kodesh Baruch Hu, is there. For an explanation, we've got to go to Shmos, Sefer Shmos in Mishpatim, where Moshe and Aaron are given a vision uh, before Mount Sinai 
There is a brick of sapphire under his feet that his feet rest on, on his throne. The appearance of the throne and the sapphire. Rashi tells us that these are both symbols of compassion. How? The brick sapphire um, object there represents Hashem being reminded, as if he needs a reminder, of the suffering B'nai Yisrael went through in Egypt, bricks, building these edifices. And says Rashi, it is remembered with Rachamim. The Kaddish Baruch Hu remembers their suffering with Rachamim. And that too here, the sapphire, even though he's removed the kruvim, he still recalls the suffering of B'nai Israel, and also the throne is considered a symbol of compassion. Pasuk Beis. Vayomer ish levush habadim. You remember that sixth person who was a dressed in a Kohanic garb, wearing linen, and he had a tablet affixed to him, like a scribe. He is told, he is said between the galgal, it's a form of an angel, we're not exactly sure, under the kruvim, amidst the kruvim, fill, cup your hands and fill them with flaming, burning coals, uzrok al ear. And throw it upon the city, the city being Yerushalayim. And um, he comes before the Kaddish Baruch Hu. Now Rashi points out, This person is believed to be the angel Gavriel charged with the destruction of Yerushalayim. He doesn't throw them right away. In fact, the Mephorshim point out in the narrative we're going to learn, he never throws them. And moreover, even if he did throw them, it's the sixth year of Nebuchadnezzar. Yerushalayim would not be destroyed till the 11th year, so that he's got five years to go. He's not going to throw them immediately. And these are to destroy Yerushalayim. And these kruvim are standing to the right of the temple. And the anon, the cloud of glory, is filling the chatzer hapnimis, the inner courtyard, which would sort of underline the fact that maybe the entire Shekhinah has not moved. If the Anan is there, it's still gradually moving, still trying to give B'nai Yisrael that opportunity. And now the cover of the Kaddish Baruch who goes above the Kruv, on the threshold of the house, Again, the temple is filled with the cloud. The chatzer is filled with the glory of the Kodesh Baruch Hu, giving sort of a question as to, 
It hasn't completely departed. Yes, the Kruvim have moved. They are now essentially up in Shamayim. Now, the Kol Tanfei HaKruvim Nishma Ad HaChatzer So now you hear the flapping, a tremendous noise of the flapping of the wings Ad HaChatzer, the Kol Tel Shaddai B'Dabba, like the voice of the Kaddish Barton speaking. It's so thunderous. That is the departure of the Shina, the wings of the Kruvim in absolute, in a frenzied noise. And now he has commanded the man wearing the linen, the angel Gabriel, now take that fire that I told you, so now he is standing next to the Ophanim. The Ophanim are a second degree of angel, that again we've learned in Masei HaMerkava. Vayishlach ha-kruv es yodo mibenos la-kruvim. One of the kruvim extends his hand among the kruvim el ha-eish to the fire, asher benos ha-kruvim, that is burning between the kruvim. Vayisa vayitain el chafne levush habadim. He now gives him into the cupped hands of that sixth person who has been designated to receive them, and he takes them in his cupped hands and he leaves. And this is given seismic importance and emphasis by the Mephorshim, because he was told to take the coals, not the Kruvim to give it to him. Why that intermediate step? Say the Mephorshim, one, they are deliberately stalling the process. Two, they are waiting till the Kruvim get colder. And three, by handing it off, it delays it and it cools it off. So it will not have the intensity of what its original purpose was, the destruction of Yushalayim and the destruction of everything living in Yushalayim. The Kaddish Baruch Hu has perhaps not to say rethought, but now is compassionate. And the Mepharshim, the Gemara tells us this, that one of the miracles that occurs is now, or one of the things we should be most grateful to, is the Kaddish Baruch has decided not to destroy and take his anger out on blood and flesh and bone, but rather on stone and building in the Beis HaMikdash. And there's a fascinating Gemara Right on this sentence in Masech um, Yuma, Jav Ayin Zayin Amud Aleph. And we learn that in a Agadita Gabriel, this very same Gabriel, who had been sent to destroy Yerushalayim and its inhabitants, is expelled from the heavenly court. So we're just going to go a piece of it. Omar Rabchana Bar Kiyona Omar Rabshimon Chasida, in other words, why? Ilmole lo nitstanu gacholim miyodo shall prove liyodo shall gavriel. Had the coals not cooled while they were transferred from the hands of the Prove to the hands of Gavriel, lo nishtairu misoneim shel Yisrael. That's a euphemism for Israel itself. 
they would not have remained sorried upalid, a fragment, a remnant, a survivor, as it is written, and we just read it, he took it. And then he comes back, I have done all you have commanded me. He hasn't. And it's at that point they cast Gabriel out, and we're going to see he is put on trial, as it were, for what he did. But it is undoubtedly a lesson in compassion that averts the destruction, as it were, of B'nai Yisrael. Um, so, we see that there is a departure in the strict process, uh, that he receives it from the angel in his own hand. By Yishlach HaKruv, the Kruv takes it out and he fills his cupped hands with it. By Yerol HaKruvim Tavnis Yad Adam Tachas Kanfehem. And we see that the Kruvim had the formation, we learned this in Masem Merkava, under their wings, uh, the, the angels had the form of hands. For Erevihine Arba Ofanim, remember, I saw, for this is straight from Masem Merkava, I saw four hands, Eitzel Hakruvim, Ofan Echad, Eitzel Hakruvim Echad, one Kruv for every one of the Ofanim, for Ofan Echad, Eitzel Hakruv Echad. <coughs> and the appearance of the crow was like the stones of Tarshish, those rare stones uh, that were imported from uh, Lebanon that built the temple. And within them, there were four of the uh, Ofanim, as if a wheel within a wheel. They go straight, they don't make rights, they don't make left, we had that. Where the face looks, they do not circle, they do not look where they're going. Um, and the Chobis Aramagabehem, the Yedehem, the Chanfehem, everywhere you look on them, the Ophanim is filled with eyes. So Vivla Batayim, Ophnaim, all around the Ophnaim. Lofnaim Lohem, Korah Hadgilgol, Ezayim. Through the Ophanim is called to me in my ears, I hear from the angels. And so. This is a good place to stop because tomorrow we're going to see a continuation, especially the fact of the Kruvin taking the place of the Malachim, the complete withdrawal of the Shina, and again, that inexplicable inclusion, virtually word for word, of the Maser Merkava. Akan, 8.45 a.m. tomorrow.